0: Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan.
1: I'm Amy Jo Jackson.
0: And thanks for joining us to see who Almost Starred. Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at andalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know.
1: Follow us on Instagram at andalmoststarring to see what movie we'll be doing next. Da-da-da. Amy Jo. Jeffrey.
0: What are you recommending this week?
1: Well, for fans of a mystery, which in a way this film is a mystery that we're unraveling, yes?
0: This is true. For
1: fans of a mystery, but like a a mystery that is like dark and, and has a lot of like depth and is about like we'll a
0: dark a dark depthy yes mystery.
1: yes there is a podcast that I don't think I've recommended uh on here before and if I have mm. you know what not enough of you have texted me thanking Whoa. me for recommending Whoa. it so I am recommending the Ballad of Billy Balls which when it came out I had many text threads with a couple of friends just making fun of this title. Um, and then I listened to it and was like, I take
0: it all back. I know. I mean, I was, I'm right in that camp. I was (laughs) like, I was with you. The title sounded good. And then it ends with the word balls and I'm a little boy again giggling. Yeah, exactly. But it is
1: so good. It, um, it basically like, it's sort of a mystery. It is a mystery. There is this like punk rock musician in the early eighties in the East village who is murdered in his apartment and his then girlfriend, who is the mom of the podcaster making this series is like convinced that like he was killed by the cops or blah, 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 blah. they never found his, like, she never found out where he was buried. It's like, and it, when I tell you, number one, it takes you and it puts you in gritty 1980s New York in such a visceral, exciting way. But number two, then unfolds to be just like this beautiful, devastating meditation on like grief and and broken relationships and everything i don't know i think it is one of the most incredible podcasts i've wow. ever listened to and billy balls is the performing name of this punk <laughs> musician yes okay. exactly but like then you kind of get used to it and you hear them all talking and and the woman who is like the 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 girlfriend at the time, you know, it was like she's got such like, she's got like such a thick New York accent and such a character, like yeah. it's rife with characters. So I'm recommending, and go ahead and laugh, listener, until you're crying at the end of the series, which I guarantee
0: you will be, <laughs> the ballad of Billy Bowles. <laughs> <Rose. laughs> Jeff. Amy Joe. What are you recommending? Uh, I'm going to recommend a book for this a week. A dang book? A dang book. He does occasionally read. <laughs> uh, and I mean, I was... Uh, I mean, I could try to think of a better, some kind of mystery, a mystery book or a mystery uh, movie, but uh, I read this book last year, which I quite enjoyed, which is more of a horror book uh, called The Hollow Places by T. Kingfisher, which is about this young woman who's like going through divorce and decides to kind of go back to her hometown to kind of figure things out, and in terms of a place to stay and a place to work, goes to her uncle's uh house slash museum of junk just this like auditorium of like stuffed you know a lot of stuffed ant like uh mounted animals taxidermy stuff like all kinds of like weird stuff like oh you know these teeth belonged to lincoln like that kind of stuff Ah. but then there's some spooky scary things going on where there's a little hole in the wall and behind that hole there seems to be a lot more building than there should be. And it's just her exploring like, what is this potentially Lovecraftian type like world behind here? So it's a bit spooky, but it's very fun. I had a grand old time with it. So I definitely recommend checking out The Hollow Places by T. Kingfisher. And that's what we're recommending this week. So Amy Jo, final thoughts. Anything we haven't touched on yet? Any other roles that we haven't already talked about that popped out at you?
1: Well, I mean, there's so many great details, but like one that kept catching my eye that I really appreciated was how you'd see some tattoos had been amended in a different handwriting, which is like clearly either a professional started it and then Leonard (laughs) like goes with his a horrible big pen situation Ooh. and starts and like finishes it or a different tattoo artist yeah, takes yeah. over like that level of detail and just like the constant shifting fine. landscape of his body is yeah. so well done and also i will say watching this movie cuz i haven't you know seen it in a long time so i really I'm so much more familiar at this point in my life with Inception. And it's just like so interesting, I think, with any artist to like look at their their stuff as a whole. Right. And to like go back and revisit something that you're maybe less familiar with and just see so much, particularly of Inception. I feel like you see so much of the like when you start to see like, what is this artist about in a larger sense? Like, what is their work about? And like, I think. You know, I know, I know nothing about Christopher Nolan as a human being, you know, mm-hmm. but like seeing like this and, and, and so many of his other things, it's like, there's so much like grief work in these, you know, oh,
0: the man never met a wife that he couldn't kill. <laughs>
1: exactly right um and i wrote down i mean he had that whole monologue which why he was talking aloud Well, there's a strange woman maybe asleep next to him i don't
0: know you, you know? know sometimes i mean i i get it it's, it feels very stagey of when she's yes. carrying moss is like already asleep and he's just like in bed like speechifying speechifying monologuing if you will but i buy it because of his condition i can no, see I, if I get it's it. like sometimes saying things out loud helps him like remember them better like just to stay more present in the moment
1: yes exactly and helps it not but i agree he's also monologuing and then she wakes up and is looking
0: up like is he just having a monologue whilst (laughs) i'm trying to sleep
1: regardless it's so it is a beautiful speech and then like toward the end when he says how am i supposed to heal if i can't feel time yeah it's like oh wow you know, when he's burning her artifacts, you know, just yeah. like the the pain and the necessity of that, you know, being like, how how can I move on? Like, what are the things tethering me to these memories that are actually not helping to that are actually keeping me from moving on rather than reminding me who I am? Yeah, Um. I just think there's so much that's so fascinating and so ugh, like this, I remembered this movie's being so painful. Mm. And after watching it, I was like, the last thing I wrote, <laughs> this movie? Sad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's such a like brainy little puzzle box of a film because of just the concept the format, of right? the yeah. form, the format of it. That if you were to present this more straightforward, it is like a really depressing film of this guy that has, yeah. that like lives within the vengeance mindset because he can yeah. never get beyond I think
1: it. you're right that the puzzle is part of what keeps it um, manageable,
0: yeah, for an audience. and keeps it uh, as fun as a fun watch. In terms of as a mystery to be like, what is going on? What yeah. is happening? Because every five minutes we're plunked into a different and scenario of like, yeah. wait, what? Are he, is he chasing this guy? Oh no, he's being chased. Like, okay.
1: I also think that the the formatting is uh, does such a brilliant example of like showing not telling. In that it puts the audience so directly into the experience of what it must be like to yeah. be this guy. Yeah, in a way that just telling me about the condition doesn't right it's gimmicky but it's a gimmick that works if it's a gimmick that
0: works it's not gimmicky in my opinion hey it ain't cheating if
1: nobody catches you (laughs) that's not true but you know what i mean in art i don't know
0: (laughs) i hear you Uh, and you're so right about inception i don't really think about that but it's like the way that this film is to memory that inception is to dreams and the idea of that like to me this like so much of this is about memory versus reality and what is the difference of if if how you remember an event is different from how it actually happened Mm -hmm. well what's the actual truth for someone who can't make new for that's all he has to hold on to is these old memories and that he can't even trust right anything now nowadays yeah Um, is that great little monologue that great scene with uh, Carrie and Moss talking about like you know I know what this sounds like when I'm when I pick when yeah. I when I knock the it tangible on, when I knock yeah. on this wood I know what this feels like when I pick it up right so I'll end with this it was announced in November 2015 plans to remake No nope. Memento. Uh, Memento. no name it Memento. no it was stated that they plan to stay true to christopher nolan's vision and deliver a memorable movie that's every bit as edgy iconic oh, and dear. award-worthy as the original going? nowhere except as as of <laughs> april 2018 the film was still in the works so perhaps hopefully covid put the kibosh on this like i can't if anything maybe a series like there's yeah. something i don't oh, know how you would do it but it's like you gotta do a different format don't make another well, film i just don't i just don't see why what's the point and when that's this was so recent
1: yeah relatively
0: speaking, again I mean, it's
1: this being know like 22 a, years
0: old but still
1: but we're not this wasn't a movie from 1952 you it know it wasn't
0: oh, this wasn't humphrey bogart is Leonard shelby Hey, once an insurance uh, claims adjuster, now he's searching for his wife's murderer, co-starring Peter Laurie as Teddy and that <laughs> hey. feisty doll Barbara Stanwyck. <laughs> I don't not Natalie. see it.
1: I don't <laughs> not see it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, this would be a bogey and Bacall vehicle. <laughs> oh, of course. Bacall. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Or I mean, really, it's it's probably going to be Jimmy Stewart as Leonard Shelby. Oh. That's good. Oh, I can't remember to forget her. And then you got you know, it's, uh, Kim Novak as uh, yes, Natalie. Yes, yes,
1: yes. <laughs> well, I and must have and then in
0: truckloads of your stuff already. Instead of
1: Teddy, it's Barbara Bel Geddes uh, as, um, what, Tedra Theodora.
0: Sure, sure. I dig that. Uh, um, oh, man, I thought it was my wife, but it was actually this this uh, sex worker that I hired in the bathroom who's showing up. Oh, geez. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. In my opinion, don't remake it. So those are the characters that I found other casting options for. There are a few characters we did not mention. I want to briefly touch on them. Callum Keith Rennie as Dodd, uh, who I think, you know, it's a teeny tiny little role. This I think Dodd he does sub-box. exactly
1: what he needs to do.
0: He comes in. He seems like a real piece of crap. And then he yeah. gets uh, walloped the by crab. a naked guy, Pierce, yeah. for his trouble. So honestly, I think he comes out on top because he <laughs> gets to tussle around with tussled around with this uh, muscled wallaby. <laughs> I mean, goodness, gracious he looks like when you see uh the videos of like how jack kangaroos actually yes, are when, he, yes. when a kangaroo is just like tussling with a guy's arm and you're like why does this kangaroo have a bicep the size of my face and honestly maybe guy Pearce is part kangaroo because hey, you know he's, he's australia is a wild place this is apparently him like not really in shape i beg to differ larry holden who played jimmy uh had like he was like he was like I'm in, I'm in pretty good shape for this film so he's like the guy Pierce like let's just go for it for our fight scene and he was like I was covered with bruises afterwards because <laughs> Guy Pierce is deceptively strong I'm like he is just sinew he doesn't and look deceptively strong he looks well, lean strong Jimmy Jimmy Larry uh, he does not well bigger. he's wearing
1: that baggy suit so I can't tell and
0: it's deceptive you're right which I've always loved I always love this big baggy suit that you don't realize. Yeah. is baggy because yeah, it yeah, yeah. belongs well, to someone else and you know
1: what else is fun too is the way that you know they're like hey hey you you think you always wear that suit and i'm like it doesn't yeah. look the vibe oh, but it's I not mean, just like oh you don't wear designer suits it's like that's literally right, not right. your suit
0: <laughs> your pocket uh-huh. uh-huh and then in your grief you wandered into a jag dealership <laughs> all of joe Pantoliano's <laughs> lines of this film are iconic Perfect. Truly incredible, incredible. not a
1: moment question.
0: Oh, I love it all. Tracks. What are you, Pocahontas? Just this Hoboken accent is so delicious. Well, isn't
1: he from? He's from somewhere in Jersey. I'm pretty sure he's from Hoboken. Oh, Hoboken. That's what I'm
0: saying. Oh, there you I, go. There you go. I'm, This wasn't uh, me well, ragging on him. That's me saying it's like, it's born in, as a fellow New Jersey and hey. it comes to him naturally. Hey. Uh, you're not a killer, Lenny. That's why you're so good at it.
1: <laughs> <sighs>
0: anyway, Mark Boone Jr. as Bert. Also this incredible.
1: beard I mean, they have him styled with. That's what helped his... get him the role because
0: they just loved his look oh, and his wow. vibe. Well, I mean, he's great.
1: Yeah. So good. You totally buy him as like, not a total dick but enough even
0: when he's being a total he's rented lenny to an extra room and he's being like so this was really the first time that i was really like you should punch this guy in the face but because normally it's like he is like such a like a schlubby like scratching his little great little yeah pitchfork beard Mm -hmm. and it's just like yeah you know business is slow and i you know i told my boss about your condition he said see if you can rent him another room and it's just like, well, you know, thanks for being so honest about ripping me off. Well, it's not like you're going to remember it anyway. It's that line. Yeah. Not like you're going to remember it anyway. And Guy Pierce is just like, <laughs> you don't have to be that honest, Bert, yeah. <laughs> which is so funny to me. I think he's got bigger fish to fry. Oh, absolutely. But it is like, you know, you're once again being taken advantage yeah. of. And it's a great, but, it's like such a great little yeah. detail that they, that because that's a, early on in the film. As a great like look at he's already being taken advantage of by oh, yeah. these people oh yeah and will continue to do so well
1: and and what i think is great about this actor too in this role is yeah. that like you buy him as just kind of like schlubby and harmless and just kind of scammy but i'm also like i don't know this guy might have a gun this guy might have yeah. lots of guns
0: for the discount in yeah exactly not be surprised. so i'm kind
1: of like i also i i get being like you know what yeah. let's worry about what is more important <laughs> i'll give him another 40 bucks right
0: i love mark roon jr because he would he would go on you have a little teeny role in batman begins as uh one of the corrupt cops uh i saw him i mean i unfortunately watched this whole series but he was on all of sons of anarchy which he was very good on mm-hmm. um i I think Bobby was his character. I love to you say
1: unfortunately as though someone made you do that. Well, it was me,
0: unfortunately. Yes. I, well, this was before I was like, you know what? I can give up on shows. I that once something show go. by like the fifth season when I was like, I'm I don't even like anything happening and they've killed off all the characters that I liked, but I'm just watching it because I've watched I've invested it's the I've invested yeah. too much. We call There's it like the people sunk that
1: stay in a yes that's a sunk cost fallacy. fallacy People
0: that stay in very different from staying in a crappy relationship because yes. you've been like, Well, I've invested so many years. What am I not? Or in a job or whatever. Or
1: even just when you've waited for an elevator that's clearly not coming. And you're like, well, as soon as <laughs> i leave it it on it'll subway come when you wait little bit That a you
0: that is nowhere oh, yes, in that, sight waited yes that
1: too you're like, I've waited so long already, I might like well i stay another." a true. bit I a little bit of a little bit
0: true and I was waiting I was waiting of out to you know with Sons of Anarchy
1: little
0: bit of the great Ugh. Stephen Tabalowski as Sammy. And we'll talk about them together because yes, a lot of their we scenes must. were apparently improvised. All the dialogue was improvised. Stephen Tabalowski as Sammy Jenkins and Broadway's Harriet Harris. Oh. Or she's known on film Harriet Sansom Harris as Mrs. Jenkins. So good together. Oh, it's such a teeny tiny role, but they're so beautiful. Yeah.
1: Beautiful. Just the, their eyes are so alive. And thinking about it, like we never see them in color. Yeah. you know just they're i don't know they're both just so expressive both of them also just like wide open faces that work yeah. really well for these parts where we're having to just like register a lot like oh the scene i mean where he's going cool. and she's like sammy it's time, for, it's my time shot. for my shot and he just like looks and is like oh, okay i mean
0: <laughs> and then she when it's they so cut sad. to her in her head she's like looking up and she looks like a classical painting like that yeah. shot of her, just like uh, eyes wide, staring up at the ceiling as she's like starting to like fade away, is like stun a stunning yeah. shot. Yeah,
1: you know who she reminded me of in this um, is Olivia Coleman. Like this is like mm-hmm. a but pre favorite mm-hmm. Olivia Coleman type yep. perfect role in a Absolutely. dramatic. Just like somewhere it's like just come in, nail it. Yeah, get out of there.
0: Yeah, Stephen Topolowski stated that during his audition for Sammy, he mentioned to Christopher Nolan that he had experienced. Amnesia personally. Now, is this a truth? (laughs) <laughs> you know what that'd be great if it wasn't if it was all made up it's like
1: actors who are like <laughs> when, yeah yeah I totally when, ride horses I've been riding horses right. since I was born I was
0: born a centaur <laughs> uh, no, yes Nima is like I swear Harold Ramis I also lived out one day a billion <laughs> times so I'm perfect for groundhog day I can give Bill Murray all the tips of what it was uh, like to break this cycle uh, no but he did experience. he said that a few years before the film he was given an experimental painkiller oh. that induced amnesia for a surgery he had undergone and he said that it may have helped him get the part because no other actor would likely have had his firsthand experience
1: i mean that's great that's that's also just like such a particular condition that mm. it you know uh, yes actors can act but that kind of thing is also like yeah i mean if you have some knowledge of it and yeah. your look is right like what wh- how how's anyone else gonna compare
0: <laughs> yeah and i mean i think it was like my parents don't know who Stephen no, Tabalowski is, but he's is, a known, he a known quantity Absolutely. at that time. It was the like, hey, this role is really seems like nothing. This is how it's pitched to him. It's like this role seems like nothing on the page. But
1: it's pivotal.
0: Right. And he was aware of that looking at it. He's like, oh, this is you can really make something with this. Yeah. And especially when you're a character that is I talked love about actors. so yes. much.
1: He's like the tattoo keeps coming back to. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. You know that there are at least, I would say conservatively. 75 guys with that tattoo on their hand. Remember Sammy James? Oh,
1: I hadn't even thought of that, but I... <laughs> I hate it.
0: I would guess that there is at least one person that has every single one of the tattoos on his body. That, that's obsessed with this film and is like, I'm going to get all those tattoos. That's horrifying. I agree. But I think a sensible, maybe not on the hand, but like just a little, remember Sammy Jenkins? I think that could be a little that could be class, a classy that little could, tattoo. Maybe,
1: but not on, you know, the thumb right there where you're going to see it. But it's so tiny it. that
0: you really don't notice it too much. Yeah. I don't know. I don't it's don't better know. than
1: John G. raped and killed my
0: wife going right across um, your um, it's chest. It's raped and murdered my wife. Oh, sorry. Oh no, the tattoo is spelled it wrong. You <laughs> killed my wife it's gotta it's got be murdered my wife just like my favorite movie, oh when Memento. they were when
1: emma which by the way speaking of other actors this oh. woman who plays the tattoo artist yes great <laughs> but when when it's tattooing, you can't
0: be back here this
1: is private when they're tattooing like license number i've never been able to spell the words license or exercise correctly oh, on no. a first try <laughs> so i was like sitting there going like i don't know if that's the right way to spell license but then again i never have known But I was like, I would want to double check that before I had a tattoo to my butt. But I guess that's the meaning that's more important than the Mm -hmm. spelling. But how
0: embarrassing! It's just from to remember as it's just a note. So if it is spelled incorrect, it isn't the biggest thing. I mean, he's got a tattoo that just says "eat." (laughs) This guy needs help. Now let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all subjective. And as always, I have looked up all the actors in advance. And Amy Joe is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first
1: time. I'm as fresh as Lawrence's mind right <laughs> after the memory's been reset.
0: Now, where were we? Teddy. Amy Joe, your thoughts on Joe Pantoliano, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Now,
1: granted, I haven't seen every film appearance
0: of Joe Pantoliano. i mm-hmm. have seen The Matrix. His, I've seen the is his other Matrix. biggest one. Yeah,
1: no, but I'm just saying, like in right, general, right, right. The guy never misses. No.
0: I gotta get you to watch Bound because it's it's he's the the bad oh, guy. Oh, it's really? Like he's like the oh. you know, it hits Gina Gershon and Jeffrey Terry trying to get up get one on over Joe Pantoliano.
1: Incredible. Yeah great. All right. Yeah. Sold. Um, maybe not tonight, but mm-hmm. one day. <laughs> One day, I'm amenable Listener, to the I'm decision. I'm going to get her. I'm amenable. Um, <laughs> I'm, as yeah. Urkel would say,
0: I'm wearing her down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, he's so good. Not a misfire. Not a, not a single line reading that isn't actually just perfection. Yeah. So this one is tricky. I mean,
0: they're all tricky, There's a lot right? of ways you can go with it. That. That, that's say, true. That They were concerned at first that he would appear too villainous from the start. Especially coming right off sure. of Cypher in the Matrix, they were like, is he yeah. going to read too clearly but you know one of the, things the that, bad guy? But
1: but that it works because he is, and him. he absolutely isn't. It's because you, you,
0: you start the film by ending the film with, with him being killed, with seeing the thing right off the bat. Don't believe his lies. He is the one, kill him. And then rewinding from there. So it honestly, I think, works really well having someone yes. that does seem like, and that's our, our villain, yeah, right? Yeah, although
1: I will say also, like, starting with that, you're like, that can't be the whole story. Well, sure. But I do appreciate that you get an actor who is so good at living in the gray. Yeah. This is not an actor who, he's just so human in everything he does, It's all right? those little
0: jokes that he has that really, I think, helps humanize him. And, you know, it's like, oh, I get it. Amorous neighbors, yeah. like hey, you know, I uh saying that yeah, I've had more rewarding friendships, yeah. But I do get to but tell I, the same jokes. I don't jokes. even
1: mean that. I mean like, just the motivations are yeah. not nefarious; they're just opportunistic, which True. to me is very human. He's, a, and also I love that we get someone who is like, I don't know, maybe this guy is a villain who ends up being a corrupt cop. Yeah, like that feels
0: great. Right. Who is this whole movie just trying to get? the keys to that Jag to get the $200,000 sitting in the trunk, the whole yeah. movie, every yeah. m- scene, every, almost every scene. It's like, Oh, your window's broken. Hey, I could get that fixed for you. Hey, yeah. how about we, uh, you know, we're going to get that out of town here. Give me your keys. I'll take your car. And it's like, I wonder if as soon as he got those keys, if he wouldn't have been like gone and yeah. he's like leaving Lenny in the dust. Or it's like, I mean, how much can he continue to use Lenny that he's still yeah. like, I'll get this money. It and then works we're going to start it all over. He sure yeah. does yeah, <laughs> at yeah. the beginning end of this movie
1: yes um at the end of the linear right. storyline but um, the, yeah those little moments when he's like
0: you know when leonard's like i'm you know i'm not even like living and he just like touches his pulse and he's yeah. like hey you still living kid yeah it's like yeah. just a bit of this like familial he does feel like he's like leonard's like shitty uncle yeah figure yeah. you know
1: or or some kind of like the cousin that you're like, oh, I really shouldn't hang out with right. this cousin. Right. Yeah. And and it's also like when we finally get the whole like explanation at the end of the runtime. Yeah. you know, it's like, I do believe that he genuinely wanted to help him. And then it just like turns at a certain point, you know. So
0: you believe him.
1: Well, I don't know.
0: Then that's it's what's so fun is, I mean, I th- I've seen this movie so, so, so many times and I don't I. Cannot come down one way or the other. It's just... It's part of the fabric of the film for me. I don't believe him or disbelieve him. It just... It's
1: again... It's not a
0: fact one way or the other.
1: It's very uh, top spinning in Inception. It's very... Yeah. You know, that's just like a thing that Christopher Nolan then literalized (laughs) later on, you know? Yeah. So I have... A variety of thoughts. This is one I I could have really gone wild on and I reined myself in. Now, this I do not think is the necessarily best choice and maybe 10 years earlier would have been good. But it was the voice I couldn't unhear, which I think uh, makes sense given where they're both from. But it was obviously Joe Pesci. Like
0: oh, like a Goodfellas
1: yeah. era Joe Pesci, yeah, come yeah.
0: on. And I love the idea because that, that's why saying it, like him as an uncle figure. I like the idea of someone a little older because I also yeah. buy that. Yeah, you were you're like this older cop who's signed of the case. You, maybe you were, you're now retired from the force, but now you're like yeah. trying to make a quick an extra you know mm-hmm. some money on the side. Um, I love that idea. Yeah.
1: Um, I think if you like watch it again mm. thinking you won't be able to unhear the Joe Pesci oh, like no. cadences and lightnings.
0: Oh, I, I'm watching it in my head right now.
1: <laughs> um, now this is, this is a very different, but just thinking of someone who is going to read as like sleaze, but an actor who has depth to pull off Love like uh, a lot it. of gray area is Steve Buscemi.
0: That's my number. One. I think well, that that's like, you're getting a very similar performance. Yes. As you are with Joe Pantliano. They both are in like, it's consecutive seasons on the Sopranos. Like, (laughs) so it's very, that I get that vibe so much. Yep.
1: Yep. Um, I then have another very different performer, but someone who I'm like, well, really good at acting. Mm -hmm. Um, you're not getting this kind of wisecracky kind of guy, but I think you're getting a lot of other bang for your buck. And that is Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh yeah. Someone who's Absolutely.
0: just like, Ooh,
1: I buy that as someone who is like playing every angle yeah. and who, you know, you just can't quite get a read on because the guy's so good at acting.
0: He's so good at acting and so lived in. That's the thing. Jumping Pino is so lived in. As that petty. is such
1: a good point. Yeah. At, at,
0: at every scene. It's just like, Yeah, this guy came from somewhere specific, and he's going somewhere specific after this scene. That he doesn't just suddenly exist when he pops in,
1: which is so important for a movie where like you don't have any context every time you see this, but you have to redefine your context to this character every time you see them. And so it's very convenient for to have an actor who is so good at showing up full, you know, which all these actors do. Um, Another actor, this is someone we were talking about just before we started recording, but I was like, very different, but like. Another kind of like, ooh, I don't think I like you. Should I like should I trust you is Stephen Root. Oh,
0: would be really fun. And yeah. him on Barry is feels very similar really, to me in terms of, of how. Right. Right. But of how he manipulates Bill Hader. I mean, from the jump, that's like the, the premise of him being Bill Hader's handler of like mm. as soon as Bill Hader right, got right, out of the right. military, that Stephen Root was there to be like, well, we're going to fix you up with some jobs. You're right. And it is. I'm very, here. Yeah. I'm the one person looking out for you. Um, cause before that Stephen Root was, you know, from everything from news radio to office space is just like, so su- such a sweet little character yeah. actor, but he's got it in him. to be Oh obvious. yeah. Between that
1: and just thinking Perry Mason, you know, he's oh, just like, yeah, ruthless. Oh, he's the
0: worst on Perry oh, Mason. Oh, but so
1: good. Such a Ooh. satisfying, the worst, which is yeah. what you want with Teddy, where you're like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about you, but I like
0: it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, definitely Steve Buscemi. I, a, a similar, similar vibe. John Leguizamo, of mm-hmm. course, is he, he's giving he's me the jokes. He's on my longer list. Yes. I'm, I'm digging that. Um, giving me a different, the same thing that I need from the character, but a very different energy. I, I would love James Gandolfini Ooh. in this. Yeah. Uh, similar, I, not similar, but mm-hmm. Javier Bardem, of course.
1: When we, when is there know, a when slight, when there even, there not even not the good. remote, remotest
0: right. se- possibility it might be villainous. Um, and thanks. That's the thing I like about this character. Cause he's not a killer. Even though he's like a cop, so right. very possibly he has. But in the but context it's of the like, film, he doesn't feel like no, no, it's money he's and getting drugs. someone else to pull the trigger. Yeah,
1: he's like not about to do that. Right.
0: So I like the idea. I've got two actors who don't read as nefarious to me, but I do think would be very interesting and mm-hmm. a Paul Giamatti. He's on my longer list too. I could yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. And... Because, listener, we're recording this on the epi- the night of the last episode of Better Call Saul. Give me Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, that's I want to see him in, like, this kind of, like— That's good. I mean, Saul is a bit of this. Is this, like, fast-talking— Yeah, opportunistic. Opportunistic, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, Joe Pantliano was suggested for this movie by Carrie Ann Moss because they were— Trying to cast it, and she was like, what "You if know you just who cast? I just worked my with. very talented co-star." I always love to see that of yeah. actors getting actors working
1: because it feels like films. so often we have so little power. So when we're able to do something that right. feels like a good turn for someone else, <laughs> it just it warms
0: the cockles <laughs> of me heart. oh those cockles are toasty. Uh, one other actor who was considered but was unavailable was Dennis Leary. Oh, and I get it. Yeah, I mean, I I watched like one season of that Rescue Me because like he, Dennis Leary can actually act Mm -hmm. when given the appropriate appropriate things and i mean like his other he often trades on his like that his stand-up shtick of he's just like a fast talking guy like in demolition man from demolition man to the ref to like so many things Mm -hmm. in the 90s um but i've seen him like turn in some solid performances and i'm like that is that like acerbic like a guy that's going through five cups of coffee and two packs of cigarettes before the scene has started like that that's the vibe i'm getting and i i could see it but I love what we got with Joey Pants. Oh, so, so good. And that look, which to me is an iconic look of this little- incredible, Wonderful little piece that they have on him. This little spiky up piece. Yeah. That looks like he, it looks like he was hanging with Leonard and was like, hey, I bet I could get my hair cut to look like that. And I would look just <laughs> as sexy as that Leonard Shelby. Give me, give me the Lenny. Oh no, this isn't working at all. <laughs> Maybe if I grow out this mustache, I'll look cooler. Yeah, now we're tucking. Yeah, he's and given and these strong glasses, like. the serial killer glasses, late got
1: 70s stash glasses yeah. combo. It's, yeah,
0: this guy's absolutely producing some pornos on the side. Oh yeah, he loves it. <laughs> Honestly, a Mark Marin as, <laughs> as Teddy. I could see. He's so good on Glow. I could see the Mark Marin as Teddy. <laughs> uh, but let's move on to Natalie. Amy, show your thoughts on Carrie Ann Moss and who would you cast if you had a cast? Someone else. How have we not had so much more Carrie Ann Moss? How have we been sleeping on Carrie Ann Moss? She I pops mean, up in things. She was on like that Jessica Jones show, but she barely had anything to do. But she is so
1: good in this.
0: And, you know, they. Not She's not wasted in that newest Matrix, but it takes two hours of like also, a two-hour, 20-minute run time re- for her you know. to start yeah, kicking no. ass. And when she does, she is still
1: kicking ass. Oh, speaking of Matrix, I just saw someone like posting to Instagram some story of um a Cirque Matrix act where they were on a seer wheel, which Ooh. is that giant silver wheel that you like stretch <sighs> out. And, and they were dressed as Neo Whoa. doing seer wheel stuff so they could do like the... Like back, but it was just super cool looking. Oh, and I was like, heck "Oh, yeah, we gotta look that up. I love this. Um, she's so good, she's so tremendous, and it's I think the way that man, this movie's so well structured and constructed, you know, like yeah. the way that. We reveal like and I didn't remember a ton about this movie, but I did remember that scene where she goes and sits in the car. Yeah. Like, so I was, I was like, I know this. Not- I'm
0: going to so say while while still like, it is like, when did she make the plan? Yeah. And I think she had to have made the plan before she even walked in the door because like going chronologically, she sees Lenny in her yeah. boyfriend's car yeah. in her boyfriend's suit outside the bar. Yeah. And then like from the bar is like you can come stay with stay me Stay with me yeah and then they have they're like having this like a nice issue. i think she and then, then leaves, that's when she leaves she
1: leaves to test out this does this guy's memory actually do what like we've seen it happen but like how how long is this like yeah. the, like how can i really i think she goes out to like test it out again and come in and like start this new like thread with him you to know? get
0: him to do either get rid of dodd or kill yes dodd but yeah, she's yeah, like yeah. so calm from the start when she's like and that she plays it so real that I don't know when she she comes in as like closing the blinds and yeah. it's like this guy dog. That's what I mean when she like goes
1: out and comes back yeah. in.
0: Yeah, right. Not the right, second right, time. Not the she, second yeah. time. Which is then she then you see her like taking all the pens oh, that's into her purse. Such a good good. So early because what in we that see
1: scene. what we see in the scene immediately prior before it resets is. Uh, and we're like do you have a pen she's like oh, they're in my purse I've got one in my purse so like but then seeing you that, see that she that, has yeah, like just a all. fist full of pens too <laughs> many <Nothing> pens <laughs> really so good she's like yeah I've got 50 I mean, pens in my that, purse her place
0: is so cluttered I feel like you could have found a pen Leonard I feel like she had to have missed one she had like apple cores and like rotting food yeah, yeah, on that table true. which yeah. I kind of love that it's not just like and now here's my sleek apartment because no, no. I'm the femme fatale it's like I'm a cluttery but mess she's,
1: she's also like uh, I don't know one of the things that I think she also does really well is like i buy this like socioeconomic station yeah like and the fact that it's like she's working at a bar and she is like dating a drug dealer who is like a big-time drug dealer so like doing okay but it's also such a dangerous life Mm -hmm. you know um that i just like i don't know i like buy her in this setting and man she just plays she plays the crap out of this and i just think we need more Carrie Ann Moss because uh, this is oh, it's such a good performance. So I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts, kind of depending on on the time that it is. I think if this were like in the eighties, this would be a great Angelica Houston role. Just thinking of her Ooh. in The Grifters, oh, like okay. that kind of vibe, like sure. this, like in more in like early eighties kind of thing. Just quickly
0: piggybacking, I'll also say her Grifters co-star Annette Benning. Oh yes, I also great. could also see.
1: I mean, honestly a young John Cusack did occur to me for Leonard. I don't love it, but like, I was like, I can see a world in which that got made, you know? Yeah. Um, I think Catherine Keener, Would be really good in this. Tony Collette, like around this time, would have been great. Oh, also
0: (laughs) There you go. You used to do the being John Malkovich version. So if you John Cusack as Leonard, (laughs) you've got (laughs) Catherine Keener as Natalie, and it's John Malkovich as our teddy. Hey.
1: uh, (laughs) There are worse casting options. (laughs) Tracks, what are you, Pocahontas? (laughs) Uh um, if we go. Back uh, 80s again, just because also I was thinking of this actress because you had Mona Lisa on the other day. But I was like, mm-hmm. oh, Kathy Tyson would be Uh-oh. really interesting in this part. Just thinking yeah. of like the turn she takes, which again, listener, I know we don't shut up about this movie, but it's really yeah, good. No, this is so good. But also Bob Hoskins is Teddy. <sighs> Bob Hoskins is Teddy. How would I miss it? Maybe Amira Sorvino. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Please. I also am thinking like Circa Leon the Professional, and uh, Ellen Green would be oh, really interesting in this. Alan, yeah. And then I do have a few um I have a few like uh, people who are castmates in various things. So it will be unsurprising I think to hear I have some of this person's Fight Club castmates up for Leonard but mm. Helena Bonham
0: Carter yeah. would be interesting in I this. So Someone
1: see who that. plays the dark and yeah. the light very well. That's great. So yeah.
0: I love that. I think vibe-wise and look-wise I'm getting a lot of Winona Ryder from this performance. Yes,
1: there is a lot of the Winoons. Yeah,
0: I could be see, seeing a very similar performance That from what we're getting. It's uh, same with like a Gina Gershon.
1: Oh, uh, yes, yes. Gina Gershon was on my long list. Yeah.
0: And Marissa Tomei in terms of like the similar yes, kind of vibe. Yeah. And then, I mean, actually, no, it, it would still be a similar vibe. But this was made more today. Give me Carrie Coon. Also just, oh, we want Carrie Coon and everything. And everything, please. And that's not Ghostbusters movies. I love that she's making money, but please put her in good things. Please and thank she's you. She's one of
1: our finest actors working today. Let's
0: yeah. give her good meaty cuts. Uh, Amy Ryan. I Ooh. would really love. Oh, yes, that's fun. Uh, and Penelope Cruz. In, in, back in Ooh. 2000. The, yeah, the 2000 yeah, yeah, Penelope yeah, 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 Cruz. Yeah, yeah. She's about to go do Vanilla Sky, like that aged yes, Penelope. Yes, 100 I think would be great. Uh, apparently, she shot her whole part for this film in eight days. It's a twenty five day film
1: wow. schedule,
0: so very very quick for because I mean you're a teeny tiny indie movie, yeah, with a five million budget. You I mean I get it. Quick. I mean
1: a lot of it is like, you know, in the same locations. Yeah, she's got the
0: bar, the restaurant, and her her apartment, her apartment is yeah. like that's it. Well, and
1: he's mainly shooting it. He meaning you know, um, Guy Pierce is mainly shooting in like hotel rooms, and he's like around yeah. LA, but like it is a lot of the same kind of easily accessible interiors. You know, you're not totally. doing any big like set pieces outside yeah a, it's like the know. one
0: little chase scene exactly is like, which is like that really that's a me.
1: parking lot you can find a yeah. parking lot
0: yeah it's a very talky movie but because of the style yeah and the conceit it doesn't never never feels well
1: and way. because it is so in the noir style right uh, like in and uh, clearly a nod to noir i think that also buys us some like i understand what style i'm in and i allow that yeah. kind of talkiness because that's what helps move this forward yeah eight days though hmm. yeah
0: eight uh and it was absolutely it was her role as trinity in the matrix that helped get her this part but nolan said that she added an enormous amount to the role of natalie that wasn't on the page which was the key to his decision to cast her mm. uh which i love nolan he writes a lot better for men than yes, he, women, does. Yes, he does and i can so see of just like i can see what's there In her performance that is not in the script. She is bringing a lot with her. She's bringing like a messiness that I really love. Her just playing with the utensils in the diner. The way that she is like fixing her hair back into a ponytail. That she is like not sleek femme fatale that you would normally get in this kind of neo-noir. And I love this for it. That it feels so much more real.
1: Well, she is also very lived in in this performance. And very like... You know, the also like as you move backwards and get more and more context with her, she starts to make more sense, obviously. But like the right. way she's playing him.
0: Yeah. But
1: also then the like, you know, the blackness behind the eyes. Right. Just she's bringing all of that. right. You know?
0: And but then, you know, you can argue that cause she is like she doesn't there's no reason why she has to actually help him and get the license plate number for him at the end yeah. slash beginning that it is like he helped me get rid of Dodd. And I'm I am going to help him. Get this license plate number. That it, it it is not a selfless act, but it is a thing that she did not have to do, considering the way that she has played him. Right. That she does seem to have had some kind well, of like. Well, and
1: like what? So what does she think? He I did think, to think Jimmy. that
0: she's aware that he had something to do with Jimmy disappearing, possibly dying. Yeah. But that she is like, she knows that Teddy is the one. He was supposed to go meet Teddy, and that she's like, I I, I think that she just re- thinks that like this guy doesn't have any idea. If he's done anything, Didn't he doesn't know. Did she
1: write down the name of the building where he then we end the?
0: Movie. Well, she doesn't know that that's where Jimmy went to go meet Teddy. She just knows that Jimmy was gonna meet Teddy somewhere, and she says that she says this is a place that Jimmy sometimes does like drug uh, deals at. It's isolated, so there's is a oh, good place to I bring. See, I see, I see, this guy John Edward Gamble to kill him. How poetic! Yes, she just happens to name the place that her boyfriend has been dead in all along. In The basement. Come on, Lenny. Let's go down to the basement together. Oof. Uh, but as for other actors who were considered for Natalie, Mary McCormick lobbied <gasps> hard for the role.
1: Fascinating. I, I mean, know. I love Mary McCormack.
0: She had the West Wing going on around uh-huh. it at this point. Was like her big thing. And then, if you're not familiar with her, West Wing and In Plain Sight were her big TV shows. I mean, shows. I'm and of Aiden course most Joe familiar with like her from the Broadway <laughs> Broadway production of, of Boeing, Boeing
1: Boeing. When I because all right, I wasn't gonna go see it because I was like, this looks
0: stupid. It's a silly little farce about Bradley Whitford is dating. Well, three I, I didn't know at who Bradley Whitford was. I'm just was. saying for the listener, I know. who certainly does not know.
1: Well, some of you do. Some of you do. Uh, the, yeah, what, you what, do what
0: listener, it, but not you listener. So that's who I'm. Oh, yes, getting, I get. It. To, to refer uh, the to right the
1: setting it isn't that important what no. it's about. I I didn't know who Bradley Whitford was. It and I just knew Mark Rylance. It was his first like Broadway appearance, and he's like you know had been. um the he'd run the shakespeare's globe for years and years and i was like oh i should see this guy so i went Mm. and i sat on the front row because that's how i was able to get like a cheap ticket Mm. and she comes out about like you know an hour into the play as this german air hostess and was so screamingly funny and i was like i who is this person and also I am going to work for years playing this part.
0: And, <laughs> and you have, uh-huh. um, but yeah, strong recommend. There are clips of that original broad- that uh, Broadway production are with on Gina Gershon, yes, Catherine, Catherine Hahn. That was my first Baby time seeing Catherine, Catherine Hahn. Yeah, Bradley Christina Whitford, Baranski. Oh my gosh!
1: I mean, it is. I saw it three times with the original yeah. cast because it was so funny. Yeah, but so go on well YouTube, done.
0: check out those clips because she is tremendous, and she
1: was Tony nominated for it. It was yes, her and Mark yes. Rylance for the ones who got Tony nominations.
0: Yeah, Ashley Judd was considered
1: mm-hmm.
0: which i get fam k jansen was considered Ooh. this is the same year as x-men um but yeah. i i'm digging i'm digging Absolutely. both these and angelina jolie was considered which oh, i get it does feel a lot like of sense. she's like i guess i think girl interrupted is 99 so she won the oscar in 2000 so it was probably mm. like right so she's right is, around it's that, still yeah like yeah she's on that cusp part of me is like she might be i mean now it feels like she's too oh, big absolutely but
1: even though she hasn't she doesn't really make that many movies anymore but it's like she's right. still so famous as like a she movie star was, she was in
0: the new, one of the newer marvel movies last year well as i think our time, listeners know you didn't don't watch them. see it. um but i get it instead in 2000 she was starring opposite nicholas cage and gone in 60 seconds which, which because it was on hbo i saw Oh, because it always was on HBO. I've seen that movie about a dozen times. I
1: think I've said it on the podcast before, but I saw it at a drive-in, appropriately, on a double bill with the very first Fast and the Furious.
0: Oh, lucky ducky over here. (laughs) Look, I had a lot of popcorn. (laughs) Uh, And let's move on to Leonard Shelby. Amy Jo, what are your thoughts on that Guy Pierce? And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else?
1: I forget about Guy Pierce. Yeah. And watching this, I was like, that is an error on my part. He is excellent. His American accent, I think I caught one moment where I was like, if I weren't listening for it, I wouldn't have thought twice about that. Yeah. But like one tiny vowel R shift into something. And that's only because I'm a pedant. Um, <laughs> his His accent is so good. And I find, you know, I mean the Aussies tend to be, like wipe the floor with everybody else. Uh, Nicole Kidman aside, with regards to <laughs> you know, their you American accent. You burnt. You burnt you burnt, Nikki. Uh, she'll never work again now that I've said that.
0: <laughs> yes, her poor dialect work is actually her undoing.
1: <laughs> oh, brother. Um
0: We he's... come to AMC to laugh, to cry.
1: <laughs> anyway, he's he's wonderful. He's so good. His intensity i don't know it's just like it all works so well the way they've styled him in the like in the flashbacks like not just when he's talking yeah. black and white but like in the flashbacks when he's like the insurance claims adjuster and everything like it's so good it feels like two characters that have become one person which is mm. exactly what you know the the character is i just think he's he's so good and he's so dynamic and um this could be hard in the hands of a lesser actor i mean you know people shoot movies out of sequence all the time anyway but that the fact that the script reads as it does i think would confuse some people in a way that would hinder the performance but he is like He's so good. The person that around this time reminds me most of him. And I'm not saying this is my first choice, but the person again, like, like Joe Pesci reminded me most of, of Joey Pantaleoni right, is, right. is Brad Pitt. Like this oh. feels like a very Brad Pitt kind of like, I don't think he actually, this is like the best fit for him, but I could yeah. see this being something that mm. would be a good Brad Pitt vehicle that people would talk about i think guy pierce is a much better choice for it i just think he's a more intense actor oh absolutely. by far like brad pitt yeah. is a. just thinking about like once upon a time in hollywood like it's like as he's gotten yeah. older he has like kind what's of going on with this yeah, guy he has kind of leaned more into this kind of like not that there's not roiling intensity on the inside but like what masks it is a chiller kind of demeanor as yeah. opposed to guy pierce who is like i am coming out of here with right. intensity that could
0: cut glass yeah. I mean, I think it was the same year as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was um, this movie that I feel like nobody saw that he did, Brad Pitt, at Astra. That was just like him, like his dad, Tommy Lee Jones, was an astronaut that like went off the grid, missing in space. And long story short, Brad Pitt pretty much has to go f- see if Tommy Lee, if his dad is still alive. But he is, it's such a restrained, like quiet, contemplative mm-hmm. performance with so much going on under the surface um, that reminds me a lot. You talking about Brad Pitt of leonard shelby of like the coiled mm. intensity that like might not ever get released but is just yeah. always existing there under the surface so i i dig it but i do think that brad pitt is a better actor today than he was in 2000
1: i i totally agree absolutely i also think like there's a certain just thinking about like Thelma and louise and how he's like screen his chemistry just like leaps off the well, screen he was always a
0: movie star from the jump.
1: yes yes but that this is not a role where charm is helpful to you no so yeah. I think that that's another reason why someone like Guy Pierce, who's like very attractive and can be charming, but is not relying on that for an But just imagine iota. how sick he's
0: going to look when he takes off his shirt and he's got these tattoos.
1: <laughs> there is that. Um, and then <laughs> uh, just thinking like, okay, well, if we're completing the Fight Club circle, like uh, speaking of someone who's not worried about being likable, like there is Edward Norton. Norton. See,
0: that's who I, when you said Helena Bonham Carter and her Fight Club co-stars, I was like, oh, I didn't even think of Edward Norton. But yeah. honestly- pretty yes. good cast? i think
1: i think so better than brad pitt but brad pitt for whatever reason was just like maybe it was yeah. the spiky hair that was styled with blonde. the blonde spiky it hair it was that it's, era it's similar to brad pitt's hair in the mexican his movie with yes Juvio yes Bob, yes just,
0: also we've seen a dozen times because was on hbo i don't know why wow. i watched the mexican so a film
1: i've never <laughs> seen um yes then,
0: you still haven't still happy on your end yeah
1: i'm doing great jeff um so then i have i have a couple of guys that would be maybe around that time, maybe a little bit later. Mm -hmm. This is where I put John Leguizamo. Cause he'd be a great Teddy, but also I just feel like he's such a fine actor. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to see him. And he's, Talk about an intense guy, you know, Uh, and that's the thing, I think, because he is so funny, he can get very easily sidelined into the side characters. But I would be I think he'd be incredible in this role. Um, And then a guy who I think is of a similar age, very different insofar as like we're not getting like, look at that sick bod, you know, but like (laughs) someone who I think as an actor would be really beautiful in this part is Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean that like the grief and the and then then the turn at the very very end of the movie feels like somehow even more brutal on someone that we read as more like kind yeah. sheepdog kind of whereas like Guy Pierce because he is so like cut from marble in in the face and everything like I kind of I don't know like I I love it. I think Guy Pierce is perfect. Like this is great. But like that turn is like, oh, yeah. Like, you start to wonder, like, especially when the wife in the flashback is like, don't be a prick. You're like, right now, did yeah. this guy kill her? Like, I yeah. start to wonder Even about accidentally, that. accidentally. The yes. way that
0: Teddy says it was like, that it was, that there was no Sammy Jenkins. It was that, you know, your, your wife is the one who yeah. had diabetes and that you killed her with the insulin shot. Yeah. What I like about that, you, with Mark Ruffalo, the line that to me really clicks that into place is teddy saying you're not a murderer that's why you're so good at it yeah get someone that like does not feel like a murderer at all but that of course you push someone too far or that you've given this person that's all that they are here for because guy pierce the more i watch this movie because once again i've seen this movie one billion times he's a real weirdo Mm -hmm. like especially comparing leonard Present day to Leonard in the past scenes. If he wasn't so handsome, you'd be like this guy in this baggy suit and this bleached blonde hair. This is not his natural hair color. Despite having no short term memory, he is still like, hmm, those roots are showing better bleach the old <laughs> roots again. I don't need a note to tell me that I need to make an appointment with a stylist. <laughs> that's one of his tattoos. We just didn't <laughs> notice it. His... <laughs> Go see Molly for hair color appointment. Yeah. Uh, but this is the first time watching this. I was like, Guy Pierce could have played Patrick Bateman. Like, that, oh, that's like. Absolutely. I n- would never have thought about that before until this time watching it that I was like that could have been he
1: you're so right that like he and christian bale both are like very attractive guys who like in a way their whole careers are like in some ways fighting against that like they're just like i have so much going on and in a way my good looks are a hindrance to what i can do on yeah. screen you know so because yeah. it can be easy to just get sidelined into like I'm just an affable, good looking guy. And neither of them are affable kind of appearing on screen kind of guy. Oh, you
0: know what? Because one actor that purposefully started doing like pretty much not great films just to kind of shake that image was Heath Ledger because he was so often cast as Pretty Boy and then was doing like The Sin Eater and Brothers Grimm to just try to be like, please put beards and glasses and fake noses on me. Do anything to me so I can then be, you know, the Joker. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, I could have seen heath ledger he did occur to me if this had been you know a little bit later a little in. bit later and yeah. he had you know right, yeah. lived
1: uh, every know. time we mention heath ledger i, I, I get so sad was so um such a baby i know i know uh, um yeah. then i have a few more more contemporary choices i think my first choice for this if it were made even just a few years ago as matthew reese
0: yeah i as just think said he Mason, would yes i, I like, think Rrr. well and that's why i thought of Stephen reed yeah. because i had my yeah. yeah.
1: like he i just think would be amazing in this then i have a few guys who are a little bit younger um weirdly because i do not think of this guy as someone who is like intense i feel like he tends to play a lot of stoners but for some reason i (laughs) well he does okay i just
0: wouldn't hear who this is right but just because my mind is going to people who play stoners and i'm like jim brewer (laughs) i don't even know who that is (laughs) he's in half baked with dave chappelle well i'm like cheech and chong as leonard
1: nope um but i still i still think that it would be someone who like smokes a lot to sit on what's going on. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, okay. Very different. Okay. This makes Very more different. sense now. But I, I gotcha. could see I gotcha. that. I think he, I don't know. Yeah. I can really like envision it. Um, I sure can. I also, then someone who, uh, I think the intensity, not difficult to see Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. I feel like that. Yeah. This, like he's like now we've all
0: seen Nightcrawler. We've
1: all seen Nightcrawler. And then norm- we recommend him all the time. This normally manifests more comedically, but I think William Jackson Harper like, in a more mm. dramatic turn, mm. like, would be able to take this kind of, okay. you know, yeah. intensity, I'd be out for a ride, out for yeah. a spin.
0: I'll take that journey with you. I'm actually, you made me think of Lakeith's Get Out co-star, Daniel Kaluuya, who oh, I... so great.
1: Yes, yes. Thinking
0: of, nope, he does so much act like, amazing eye acting. Mm. Uh, I mean, and thinking of yeah. everything he does yeah, yeah. between Get Out and, you know, a lot Judas of great, and the Black A lot of great eye
1: acting and Get Out. A lot of and great get acting, out.
0: but a lot of, able to do a lot with a little, yeah. and I mean, Guy Pearson, this is just so good. I mean, I'm obsessed with this performance. And each time I watch it, it's, it's like a magic trick to me of like how I love that he has the moment talking about Sammy Jenkins, you know, that when he, he was hired to be like, is he faking? Right. And he's like, he could always see a glimmer of him recognizing Leonard. So he thinks, oh, bad actor. And yeah. now he's like, you, you, you fake, fake it. it. And you see that like always with Natalie when, and with Teddy when he's just like, oh yeah, of course. When I was like, and I'll check on that license for you. I was like, the license, yeah, okay, good, great. You see, like how good of an actor he is at like getting by, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: by pretending. Because a lesser actor would just be more obvious with those things, or with like seeing the tattoos that, like, like what what is this? Opposed to the slight memory, yeah, the slight remembrance of of it, it's
1: just so good. I'm obsessed yeah. with it.
0: Uh, apparently, what really helped him get cast was that. The fact that he had done both Ellie Confidential and Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, that they were like the same guy did, did both, both of those of these, performances. Yeah. There's a lot going on with this guy, which I love. And yeah. it is like those three performances alone is bananas to me. For one, one person, person
1: to get to do all of
0: those, <laughs> like and to, to get, get hired to, to do it. all those.
1: Yeah. Ugh, yeah. what a legacy. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, yeah, I, that's what I, I I need from this is like that kind of offbeat, like almost a character handsome character actor yes. and he doesn't need to be handsome but i'd love i mean nowadays give me killian murphy oh that's what i want yes that's what i want we know he and christopher nolan they've worked together exactly uh, i could see a jude law version of this yes it's well, also someone you're like speaking of someone with handsome, cut, buddies, cut, cut a glass cheekbones yeah. uh, i could see the joaquin phoenix version of this for sure i think i'm getting a similar vibe of like Oh, oh yeah. I buy that you, you know, really loved your wife and now I buy that you are obsessed with vengeance. I'm just thinking of him in Gladiator. Out. Yeah.
1: That's that's not a well man, Enough. you know.
0: <laughs> um, I would have liked a Chadwick Boseman version uh, of this. Yeah. Uh, I could see the Timothy Oliphant version of this that I'd be really into. I really only know him from the good place. So <laughs> I don't have a lot to add. Oh, I forgot that he's in. Doesn't
1: Maya Rudolph like yeah. actualize yeah. him into Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, knowing him from Justified and uh, Deadwood and many a movie that the man's been in. I love that. with the Elephant. Actually, uh, Michael Fassbender. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Uh, and Michael C. Hall. I think I'm getting oh. a similar vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for the actors who were considered, Christopher Nolan wanted Alec Baldwin, but he was unavailable.
1: Well, thank goodness.
0: Instead, in 2000, he was doing Thomas and the Magic Railroad, the movie. And may he stay there. <laughs> But look, I get it, especially coming out of the 90s, because it was that transitional period of him like brooding serious actor into comedy. I get
1: it. But like, I'm just thinking like how just I guess age wise, it doesn't matter. He can be whatever age. But just thinking of him, like how how long ago was Glenn Gary Glenn Ross? That was like 92, 92.
0: So yeah, I mean he's pretty fresh-faced in that. I don't, I don't think he's that much older than Guy Pierce. Considering Adventures of Queen of the Desert is ninety-two.
1: Really interesting. You know? Well, I still think I don't know. Look, I guess I, I guess Working Girl, he is a wee baby in that. Mm-hmm. And that's I, late eighties. I, my
0: guess, if I had to, I, and listener, I ain't looking it up, but I would say that he's at most six years older than Guy Pierce. Wow. That'd be my guess. And I'm not Listen, looking it wasn't up. Wasn't Guy Pierce
1: in the show that I didn't watch, but I watched you watch with your headphones on uh Mare of Easton? He
0: sure is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He looks great.
0: Oh, give me Kate Winslet as Natalie.
1: Oh, give me Kate Winslet all day, every day.
0: I mean, true. True. And ding, ding, ding. Slated for the role and interested, but had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts was Brad Pitt. Call me unsurprised. Yeah. After Brad Pitt, then dropped they decided they were no no longer interested in a big star in an a-lister they were like let's not worry about that because they probably also were like you know what this budget is already stretched pretty thin you know
1: what we could do a lot more if we didn't uh spend all this money on what if we what if we you know import the talent (laughs) (laughs)
0: uh and instead in 2000 he was doing snatch which i do think is one of his funniest supporting roles and i love brad pitt In a supporting.
1: Park. yes i do think tis where he thrives so, no shade on brad pitt no, honestly no. just yeah
0: so i think that was for the best thomas jane was considered oh,
1: no thank you <laughs> <laughs>
0: look thomas jane i know that you've probably seen him most in deep blue sea but the man has been in boogie nights I, oh, and, right. I, and, I haven't and face seen, off you have not face I haven't off of seen,
1: yes but well the man's and been um, in
0: actual things and
1: of course uh scott pilgrim <laughs> oh it's scott pilgrim yes but i will yeah. say that's that one scene doesn't give me a great you know it doesn't completely vegan redeem, police hands up yeah it's great he's wonderful doesn't fully redeem Ooh. deep blue
0: sea And that sound means it's time to play a quick round of Two Truths and Some Guy. The way it works, two of the following actors were up for the role of Leonard and one was not. And Amy Jo is to guess which is which. Your options are Aaron Eckhart, (laughs) Christian Bale, and Charlie Sheen.
1: Ah, Aaron Eckhart. Boy, if that isn't a name from another era. Um, the
0: man still acts. I know, but who cares? Oh, um, wow. uh, <laughs> Aaron Eckhart, get bent.
1: <laughs> you burnt. you burnt Eckhart. <laughs> nothing against the guy, really. I've certainly never met the man. Um, I just don't care. Um, I'm going to say some guy is, I don't know, Christian Bale.
0: Ding, ding, ding. That is correct. As far as I could tell, Christian Bale was I was like, there's considered. no
1: way you're just bringing Aaron Eckhart into play when we haven't spoken of the man maybe ever in our lives. <laughs> well, I don't know.
0: I got you with Franco Nero back in But you our, know uh, I love Franco Nero. episode. That's true. That's true. Uh Yeah. But I mean, he would go on to cast Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent Two-Face in The Dark Knight. I mean, but she's fine. And eh, He's probably my least favorite in Dark Knight. And that's I have why I said it with a very high pitch. In other things. Instead, in 2000, he was doing Aaron Brockovich, which he is quite good in.
1: Oh, I did see that just so I could. Um, yeah, I, you would never
0: know it's him. Just
1: so I could talk trash on Julia Roberts wow. from an informed position. Wow. I had quite a few friends in high school who were big fans of hers. And I was like, I don't like her. And they were like, you have no room to talk because you haven't seen Aaron Brockovich, oh, you're Pretty Woman. Okay. And I was like, you know what? Okay. You're right. And then I watched them. And I was like... I've changed no opinion. (laughs) In fact, I
0: feel more emphatically how I do. I was a snob then. I'm a snob now. Oh man. And, uh, and Charlie Sheen was considered, which uh, the less said the better. Cause I get it. I get it. And I think they made the right move. I could see the Aaron Eckhart version at least.
1: I cannot see the Charlie Sheen. But I understand why they would have thought that was a good idea. We're in a pre tiger blood era. Right. It's the year 2000. I'd rather have Martin Sheen as Leonard than
0: Charlie Sheen.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, we all have a lot more affection for Martin Sheen than Charlie I know
0: but age wise come on
1: I uh, real quick I I forgot that because this is we we talked about we were watching it that this is like a a neo noir kind of like a, yeah. a, a bit in a throwback the style was mm-hmm. like what if this were made in mm-hmm. you know the 40s mm-hmm. or something and you know, I there were a lot of options I could have gone with. I did think of bo- Bogey and Bacall situation. But I was like, who do I really want? Like a film star of yesteryear playing Leonard Shelby. And I, for me, it has to be William Holden. He just, I think, does like this kind of like, just thinking of him like in Sunset Boulevard as like mm. he degrades or him even in Network much later, just like he just was... I don't know, like doing exactly what I think this role needs in the style of the time, you know? Um, And then I think as the femme fatale, I do want Barbara Stanwyck, the aforementioned. Um, And then for Teddy, just thinking of Barbara Stanwyck, I was like, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's go with Edward G. Robinson. Oh, yeah. Very, a Double Indemnity. Mm -hmm. Um, I've just kicked out Fred McMurray because I think he's just not quite the vibe I want. I want someone with a little more like- Fred
0: McMurray, you're burnt. (laughs)
1: No, look, I love Fred McMurray. We did finally rewatch <laughs> The Apartment, and yeah. he's wonderful oh, in it. But he's what just, a great he's a little too affable yeah. for me in this. That's I good. want someone with a little more, like, yeah. danger to them. And oh, to me, yeah. that's William Holden as far love as, like, it. A-listers of the time. So that's, that's my, little, my little throwback
0: casting. Loving it. The casting director of Memento is John Papsidera, who's also cast previous episodes. <gasps> Enchanted, <laughs> Batman Begins, <laughs> Catwoman, Drop Dead Gorgeous, and Burlesque. Heck. So initial thoughts, we've been talking already, but, uh, what, anything else that you want to say from the jump, this movie slaps (laughs) it, it, this movie blew my mind when I first saw it because I saw it as soon as it came out on DVD. I rented Mm -hmm. this from blockbuster. So I was 14 when I watched this. this
1: is tailor made. For a 14-year-old film nerd. You know yeah, what I mean? And
0: that's what I oh, was.
1: Jeff just got a little <laughs> grin. Just a little goofy grin. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, this was, but this is also, you know, 14, so I'm, of course, living with my parents. So it was, it was the thing where it was like, <laughs> oh, right. well, what's the movie? If it's not like too violent or too filled with sex or whatnot, maybe it's a movie that me and your mother would watch as well. So I'm like, I mean, sure. So they all, we all watch <laughs> it together. Uh, and they they liked it okay, but it was a lot of my mom specifically just wait. So what's happening? Wait. So where's he going? Wait. So who's he? Well, wait. What? Well, well, what's all this mean? Like, wait. Well, okay. Well, what? <laughs> and then he's in the hotel room, black and white. It's like, well, what's what, what is this? Like, I don't. And I was like, I don't know. I know the same information that you do, and I'm discovering I think we're it not supposed to know, you mother. <laughs> So spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Memento, you haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. Uh, This movie is almost impossible to do a synopsis of. So I'll just say we open with this great shot of this uh, Polaroid picture being developed of this dead body that we learned to be Teddy. As uh, This first scene is in full reverse as we're slowly seeing it, the picture uh, fading away, going back inside the camera. The case like rolling up into the gun as he shoots Teddy, and then most of the movie is presented in reverse order. But we do get what is chronologically before all of this: these black and white scenes that go forward. Of we see Leonard in this hotel room on the phone, getting
1: ready for the day,
0: right, and talking with who winds out up, who turns out to be Teddy, right, and is mainly telling him the story of Sammy Jenkins, the great. Stephen Tobolowski. Da-da-da! who also had short term memory loss, just like Leonard and talking about uh, how he was hired to pretty much prove that he was not if not faking it was just that, like, so the insurance company doesn't have to cover his medical bills. Uh, and it's used primarily as a uh, counterpoint to Leonard's story. And ultimately, to throw a real wrench in the works on is is how much of Sammy's story is actually Leonard's story. Because yeah. there is a little shot at the oh. end when they show Sammy in the institution where they're like, he doesn't even know that his wife is dead. And a guy crosses in front of Sammy. And for a brief moment, it's Leonard sitting in that chair. Yeah. And it's like, but what? It is-
1: haunting but it's also it's so savvy because you have this movie where everything is unfolding in in small chunks backwards but because we have the one linear storyline moving not storyline but the one linear like tale of like a origin tale if you will moving forward and it's in a different it's in black and white so we know yep. where we are whenever that happens it helps us linear brained humans to latch onto that it enables us to keep moving backwards because we there's still something moving forward i just think it's so savvily constructed
0: uh greed uh greed uh and then yes our main players we have natalie and teddy in terms of the main people that leonard is interacting with in these reverse order scenes teddy who turns out to be this corrupt cop is uh Ultimately is trying to get this money in the back of this Jaguar that Leonard has, but it does. He keeps popping in to pretty much get Leonard out of town to get the money from this car to get him out of town because he's going to go down for murder if he does not leave this town. Yeah, I
1: also love that like he closes the trunk and doesn't even because of his memory thing doesn't even realize he's riding around with all of this money. Yeah, has no idea. Like didn't even take a wad out to like put in his bag or something that he could use like has no idea.
0: (laughs) Right. Uh, but Teddy cause he uses him, which is at the end of the film as we are watching it, to kill this drug dealer, dealer, Jimmy Grants, uh, to get, you know, hopefully get this money and to make Leonard think that he has killed John G. Cause that is his main purpose in life is to find the, the man, the second man. He thinks there's a second man who uh, raped and murdered his wife because he got the first guy and then somebody else clubbed him on the head, which is why he has no right more short-term memory. Uh and Natalie who winds up being Jimmy Grant's girlfriend who we realize after the fact is using Leonard. Cuz when we first meet her, you know, she's got bruises and the split lip and is helping Leonard with like here's this license plate you had me check for you, which turns out to be Teddy's license plate. And then we learn that she's I mean it is such a great turn of Ugh. her hiding all these pens, her just like shit Leonard Dodd, Dodd did this to me. And it's like, you believe her. She's, Natalie is is a good actor.
1: And I'm buying what she's selling. (laughs) I love, one of the things I really love in this movie is like when you see something crossed out and you're just waiting for it to be uncrossed out so that you, like uh, for the movie to unfold so you can see what was written there before it got scratched out.
0: And on her photo, it just says she's lost someone out of grief. Like she, she will also hel- help you. She's she, also lost, she's also lost someone.
1: someone. She will help you out of pity.
0: But you, the whole movie, you're seeing something crossed out above that. And then near the end, when he first takes a picture of Natalie and Teddy's like, take my word. Don't trust her. And he writes down something about yeah, like, write it. Down. Her. Write it but down. But he take writes it pen. in a very different handwriting than he normally does as if he knows already he's writing
1: it in like lowercase as opposed to the all caps, which is what he always does because he says like very early on in our like hearing of it, like you learn to trust your own handwriting. So him writing it in lowercase is already going to send a message to his future self. Like, uh, uh, there's something fishy about this.
0: And then every time he checks the that back of that photo of Teddy, and is like, "Don't believe his lies." I knew you were a yeah, liar. I piece of believe
1: shit. myself.
0: It is fun, but they get away with it of how when he does check the back of Teddy's picture, and when he's like too much in a rush and he doesn't when he's like oh teddy's at the door i've got yeah. god bloodied and tied up in my closet let's okay good here's a picture of teddy let me open the door opposed to seeing the picture of teddy flipping it and then being like oh well,
1: cause crap can he I doesn't realize knife? he's written stuff on the back of all of these like yeah. it's he talks about how good his systems are
0: his which systems are garbage but he
1: hasn't got enough you know he, has, he should write some of it on the front you know
0: yeah i agree uh and i love this like The scene where Natalie first meets Leonard, not outside in the alleyway, when she's like, hey, honey. And it's like, oh, you are clearly some guy in my boyfriend's car and suit. But when he comes in the bar, because he has this coaster in his pocket that's really Jimmy's pocket that says, like, come by after Natalie. And he's like, I'm here to meet Natalie. She's like, well, I'm Natalie. It's like, yeah, you just said we were going to meet. Right. And when she realizes that he's the memory, Man, the first thing she does to test it is get this guy to spit in this Love cup. Love
1: this background guy. And then
0: gets Guy Pierce to spit in this cup. And is like, care to contribute? It's a bar bet. We're raising a lot of money f- for charity. <laughs> and then she hocks a loogie in this cup, swirls it all around, and thank then gives you. it back to him. And he's like, thank you, and drinks it down. What could this bar, this fake bar bet, be <laughs> for charity? What to like? How much? Saliva you can collect from these rummies. I don't think she's really thought it through
1: in a deep fashion. He
0: should be aware from the jump that she is not someone to be trusted. Yeah, well, he resets too soon. I love that extra though. Who's that first guy? Spits in the cups. He's right. (laughs) He's so delighted to be like, we're gonna mess with that guy. We're gonna mess. I love it. We're gonna mess with that guy with the brain damage. It's (laughs) been too (laughs) slow. Here at
1: Floyd's (laughs) or wherever.
0: Birdies. Birdies bar. I I'd love a set of coasters to Ferdy's bar. I'm sure that's some kind of like oh, movie yeah. prop paraphernalia that you could. Oh yeah. Well, get.
1: apparently it used to be a real place and then since shut oh. down, but yeah, but I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure
0: you can get, uh, but uh, our film ends. I know the synopsis is all over the place, but it's impossible. But so is it's the movie, but it ends with Teddy telling Lenny that he's already killed the guy that he's been searching for. And Leonard's like, well, and by he don't...
1: like Leonard has already Leonard's already. G. Yeah.
0: That Teddy is like, I helped you find him. You've i found him you killed him leonard's like i don't remember that and now this guy teddy has just manipulated me into killing a guy so i'm gonna manipulate myself into killing teddy and i'll make you my john g and writes down like tattoo number five and writes down teddy's license plate number so that's what we see at emma's tattoo great woman playing emma is he's getting this tattoo done as teddy comes in and she's like hey you can't be back here relax we're friends if he happened to notice, yeah, ta- and wouldn't you? If you see Frank get a tattoo, you'd be like, "Hey, what's what's that new tattoo?" But he's covered Leonard- in
1: tattoos. He's probably so tired of it the- because that what's Polaroid the new one say,
0: "Don't forget to wipe your ass." <laughs> <laughs> that
1: Polaroid that he gives him, that Teddy gives to Leonard, of him like after allegedly, yeah. according to Teddy, he's just killed Junji. He's only got the one backwards tattoo across the chest the one that reads in the mm. mirror. So he doesn't have all these other tattoos yet, you know. So it's it's also like how long has it been between then and now that he's gotten all of these tattoos, you know, yeah. that like
0: I, I felt like Teddy made some reference that it'd been like a year or two. Like I feel like it's been like 2 years mm. since the accident. If I had to guess. Since
1: the accident or since she okay away. fair
0: enough fair uh-huh. enough that's a good point well and
1: then there's that one shot where it's going back to like it seems like a flashback of, of leonard in bed with his wife yeah and he's got the one tattoo that reads backwards in the mirror but then he has the one over his heart that says i did it
0: well that's like yeah
1: wish fulfillment kind w- yeah of. it's yeah. like a
0: fantasy sequence yeah but um yeah it's all up in the air because the, the last shot is just then the film then reconnects and he stops outside the tattoo place and he's like no where was i and we cut to black, pipe in that David Bowie over the speakers, and we're Crank out of there. Crank
1: it up, baby.
0: <laughs> oh. Memento came out on September 5th, 2000, and was directed by Christopher Nolan and written by Christopher and Jonathan Nolan. Amy Jo, what's your experience with that Memento? Had you seen it before? I had.
1: I want to say I saw this in theaters, but I, I'll be honest, I don't quite remember. But I definitely saw it a few times on DVD, like in college. But I don't think I've seen this since college or, or since shortly after college. So the the listener, that was a while ago. (laughs) So I I was actually a great audience to watch this with because I remembered a certain amount. And then other things I was like, I don't know. I did watch (laughs) one scene through my fingers, like a little child, you know? Um, Was
0: this the one when he hired the, when he was waking up in the middle of the night to like go to the bathroom? No, no, no. And you're like the flashes. Oh,
1: no, it was, um. It was the one, I think it was one of the fight sequences or something uh, where I was okay. just like, ooh, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> ooh.
0: I don't enough. remember
1: exactly. But anyway, um, yeah, I saw, I've, I was very familiar with it at a certain point in my life and then hmm. just have not, but it wasn't like some of these that I've, some of these I watched so many times that they like, right, you know, right. live in my brain, whether I want to or not, not. there, although I will say there are certain, I have very strong, um, Aural recollection, so like cadences and everything. So there's certain line readings that would come back to me as they were happening, particularly of Joe Pantaleone yeah. and then a couple of Carrion Mosses, you know. But um, and then there was one, there was one of uh, of Guy Pierce's that I was like, oh wow, I I remember like viscerally remember that. But um yeah, this is yeah, this is one that I remember really liking when it came out, and I just never I think because I just remembered it as a very um bleak, mm. s- kind of sad experience, really. Fun in the like uh, fun, sad. Yeah, like no fun in the execution. Right, sad in the having to actually contemplate these people's lives. Sure, kind of experience.
0: Yeah, I hear you. And yeah, this was you know blockbuster rental as soon as it came out. I think that I saw (laughs) this. I mean, uh, cut me some slack. I was fourteen. But uh, I was subscribed to, I think it was the uh, the PlayStation magazine that uh, their, uh, like, main cool. head writers, like, cool. staff writers in the beginning, they have, like, the, the little recommends. And, like, one one guy was recommending, like, Memento, this is the coolest movie of the year. And I was like, whoa, I want to see the coolest movie of the year. According
1: to the PlayStation. According to PlayStation
0: magazine, uh, where I, I, you go for all the cool tips and tricks. And, uh, oh, the tips and culture. tricks. Pop culture. Um, but yeah, and then since then, I've just seen it so many times. I mean, back then I was insufferable and I would be making all my <laughs> friends watch this. I was like, I'm making you watch Memento because this is the second coolest movie, or not second coolest, but the second best movie I've ever seen. Listener, as you know, my the best movie I've ever seen, Shawshank Redemption.
1: Um, now, you said during the pandemic, you did mm-hmm. watch, there's a special feature in the DVD where there you is. can watch I, it chronologically.
0: This was my second time watching that. Yes, there is uh, on the DVD. The DVD is so silly. It's done like There's like Rorschach tests and all like little click the word that goes to this. And it's like, I just want to watch the movie. It's a
1: very that era of where DVD (laughs) design was like so important.
0: Once they realize like, oh, we can kind of interact with this. Surely people will want to spend 15 minutes to figure out which buttons to like hit in the (laughs) right order to get to the ding dang movie. But if you hit the right secret buttons, the movies will play chronologically from front to back so it starts with like front loaded by like 17 minutes of these black and white hotel scenes and then all the backwards scenes are presented in chronological order uh and it's it's worth watching once but it is like the movie is presented the way it is for good reason well
1: it's like you know the talk about in, in like writer's rooms, like breaking the story, but especially with like a mystery, like the, the, when you get the information is so critical and it's structured like a traditional mystery insofar as when you get what information we just don't, what is being withheld is, is done through the timeline rather than through like all sorts of other means of obfuscation that you would get in a a more traditional linear mystery.
0: I'd never thought about this before, but it kind of harkens back in terms of this, the movie as is, but especially if you did watch it chronologically, it makes me think of Greek tragedy Ooh. of, of the like, Oh, the, the, you know, going back, and to the, yeah. Like, yeah, going back to like Oedipus and Antigone of like the, the foretold, like it's, this was, there's no way out. Like this was, this, this is meant to be like, this is fated yeah. to yeah. end in tragedy. Uh, and he, as he like, you know, is living this constant like sisyphean loop of having to never be able to feel that he's gotten his revenge you know you make some good points amy this is a bleak bleak movie but ding (laughs) ding dung. do i still love it and i'm sure i'll watch it Again again and again and again so listener do not forget to subscribe, write a review. Oh gosh, please. Give us a like, tell a friend. is the, I find the easiest way is to hoist this show onto your loved ones. <laughs> Just
1: force <laughs> your loved ones to listen, to put us in their
0: earbuds. Yeah. And be sure to check out our Patreon, patreon.com and almost starring this month, a full length Watch-along commentary to Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring. Three goodness gracious hours.
1: Yes. Now, it is not the extended edition, which no. some of you will be saddened to hear and some of you will be thrilled to but, know.
0: as always... We are keeping the conversation going throughout, so you do not need to be watch- no. listening to the film along with it. You can just listen to it like you would this episode. This would be a weird episode to listen to alongside the movie, but I suppose you could do that while watching Memento. It might
1: be confusing, but sure.
0: Or while watching Lord of the Rings. <laughs> just listen to the Memento episode. <laughs> well, your media layering um, is
1: getting out of hand. Let's go.
0: <laughs> but yeah, we also have episodes of full-length commentaries on both uh, The Fly and Jaws and a regular Patreon exclusive episode on Thor Ragnarok. That's all waiting for you at the five dollar level, and at the three dollar level, you get all of our main feed episodes a whole day early unlocked for you. So be sure to check that out. Check it out, Amy Joe. How you doing today, Jeff? I'm pretty well. You know, the
1: weather's been a little cooler, which me as someone who dislikes summer very deeply, sure do. Man, it's really lifted my spirits. And how are you?
0: I art good. Yeah, weather's been great. And gotta say, it's been such a delight revisiting this wonderful, yeah. wonderful, cool, cool little movie. Cool.
1: You know what? If I were to write a review of Memento on, on cool Amazon Prime, I'd say five stars. <laughs> this is <laughs> one cool, cool little movie.
0: Uh, oh, and I should say that as soon as we were done watching Memento, you suggested, rightly oh, yes. so, that we should watch uh, the "Pim Memento episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, where Jason Manzucas Gets memento. His character's
1: name is Pimento. Yes,
0: he gets memento disease, aka finding Dory disease. And it is a delight. Even oh, if you're so not funny. a big watcher of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I recommend checking out that episode because it is very funny, especially I'm, after having just watched Memento. Yeah, I've not
1: seen like all that many Brooklyn Nine-Nine episodes, but you showed me that one because we're both big Jason Matsuka's fans. And uh, I was just like, you know what? I gotta <laughs> see it. It's gotta be
0: done. You know what? You gotta see it and it's gotta be done welcome to and almost starring the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting including who almost starred i'm jeff ronan
1: i'm amy joe jackson
0: and forwards backwards or sideways this movie rules we're looking at a memento
1: for better or for worse out there is in-